Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning, San Antonio, and welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. I am James Pledger. I'm joined by my guy, Jack Thompson. What's happening, Jack? How you doing? What up, what up? Doing great, man. Ready for a great show. I am ready for football season. Oh, yeah. Training camp starts next freaking week. Mm-hmm. A week from tomorrow, the guys leave for Oxnard. Yep. I am stoked. We've got a huge show today and tons of storylines coming out of the NFL. We're kind of expecting a 5 o'clock news dump with the Deshaun Watson suspension yesterday. That still hasn't happened, although reports are that they have wanted to get this done prior to the start of training camp, mm-hmm. which, if I remember correctly, for the Browns, starts on the 27th. So we're about five days away from the Browns reporting to training camp. That's going to be a story to follow throughout the weekend and up to the start of camp because once the suspension actually happens, then you've got the appeals, you've got uh, the possibility and the reports that Deshaun may end up suing the league. Yep. So this is going to get nutso. Yeah, could get crazy. Speaking of the Browns, wide receiver Amari Cooper, former Dallas Cowboy, unveils his thoughts on last season, how it ended, how it went, and whether C.D. Lamb's ready to be a number one receiver. He was speaking yesterday on the ticket in Dallas 96-7 and we've got that audio we'll let you hear just what CD said coming up here in about 15 minutes plus other NFL storylines around the NFL what are you looking for one coming out of New England the Patriots not naming coordinators they don't have any there's no such thing all we have is coaches all we got are coaches man (laughs) I've got a huge issue with this I want to know your thoughts behind it because it seems very familiar to me, and I don't like it at all. We'll get into that at 7.30, 7.45. Both Jack and I have been on Locked On Spurs this week talking about a ton of things, including Keldon, if he's ready to be a number one, his huge extension, DeJounte Murray's turn from graciousness to saltiness and what it all can mean. We'll get into that coming up here in about 45 minutes. But the NFL is going to start very, very soon, and fantasy football. Like, I'm starting to get really excited about all of these things. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for fantasy football, man. I'm so excited. It was me and you last year. Yep. (laughs) It was me and you last year. We took everybody down. It'll be us again. There's no doubt about that. I, 
absolutely love fantasy football. It's fun. It gets the juices flowing. I do, I'm one of those guys that doesn't like having my draft until after the preseason's done because there's no need. Why am I risking an injury of a player before I draft them? <laughs> like, let's get all the injuries out of the way. Let's figure out who's made rosters, who's playing, and who's hurt and not yeah. as we go into week one and figure out our rosters from there. I'm just so antsy to make a team already, man. <laughs> That's what the mocks are for. I've done so many already. I'm just tired keep, of it. You, you, got a, you got a month's worth of mocks. That's yeah. it. One more month. Get My, through that final preseason. We game, haven't Jack. even done our our like league lottery yet with me and my my buddies, my mm -hmm. main league. So I've just done a mock at every draft position. <laughs> okay, what was your? Because I have to ask now, what was your best mock? Dude, what I, was your most favorite mock that you had? Because I know you save these things too. Yeah, I mean they they get saved automatically. On, I remember when on the sleeper. NBA was. Oh yeah, up, I would you sent send me you like fifteen drafts. <laughs> send you one like every day. <laughs> and then when we actually did the NFL draft, we were sending those back and forth to each other like daily. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I know there's at least one mock above all where you're like, if things fall like this. Oh, well, my last one. Looking at the the very last one I did. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Derek Carr, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Allen Robinson, Goddard, ETN, Braden Cooks, Renfro, Ronald Jones, Gallup, Henderson, no, you're and Chart. Right. I ain't mad with that, about yeah. that at all. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing is with that, things are starting to shift in the NFL, right? Oh yeah. There are how many running backs would you say are worthy of a first or second round pick? Um, Ten? Maybe? Mm, no, I would say maybe, yeah, 10 to 12. It, it's not a lot anymore. It's not like it used to be where running backs got to be a first thing off the board. You got to make sure that position position is solidified because there are so few bell cows in the NFL anymore. There are so few players where the return on the investment mm -hmm. is worthy. And then when you do take them, a lot of them get hurt. Look last year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey. Like yeah. I'm what, not touching either of those what guys. Future, what future first-round pick are you not afraid to take out? Even Derrick Henry got hurt last mm -hmm. year, although he finished with 900 yards in eight games. I <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty incredible what he did. So he's obviously wor uh, kind of a berry that's now, worth the bite. I of the would juice. say Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. Yes, you got to take the Cook. flyer on Christian McCaffrey. Just you know, first or second round, you got to. He's take... there in the late first. I'm taking yeah. the flyer. Javante Williams, Eckler, Najee Harris, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones. You think Javante? Yeah, I think he, I think he blows up this year. I okay. Chubb, Mixon, and Swift. It's not many. Yeah, 11. And even Swift, I've had him the last few years. A, he's perennially hurt, but he's not, like, hurt, hurt. He's like, oh, I'm going to play the game. My ankle's bothering me, but I may not finish the game. And, like, but then It's he, the worst. It's like he has a, a normal game, and then in the last quarter... Like last half of the quarter, he gets the ball. He'll catch like six passes and go for sixty yards, yeah. and then like suddenly he has all these points. It's he's one of the more frustrating fantasy play players 
that you've had. And then you've got the Austin Eckler thing. You mentioned him. Great running back. Great hey, numbers. I rode him to the championship last year. Problem is, last year was the first year he was ever healthy. <laughs> so are you rolling the dice on that again? No, I, I like to I like to get new, a new team. I don't really like, unless it's like I can hammer in Jonathan Taylor yeah, again. I'll take Cooper Cup yeah, for a Cooper second Cup again, yeah. <laughs> But usually I like to switch it up, get some new guys, try to get some guys that I think will blow up. Yes. I think Allen Robinson's going to have a tremendous year, so I really want him. My point to this was, is it time we start shifting our focus away from, i got to make sure that running back position is solidified. i got to make sure that running back position mm-hmm. is solidified because fewer and fewer running backs are actually worthy of that draft capital that you're spending that early and so many of them get hurt so often that is the bite of the berry worth the squeeze of the juice. I think you got to take at least one running back in the first Yeah, you got to get your bell cow. But there's only, like we said, 10 to 12 of them. So mm-hmm. is it even worth, like, after that first one to hang around and try and get that second? It just really depends on where you sit in the draft. I think if you sit in the latter half of the draft, then on that turnaround on the snake, you, you can, might be able to go one, two. Yeah. But if if you don't, then it's you know you got to go high end receivers. And even then, look at the the numbers that they're putting up. While they're good numbers, mm-hmm. they're equal and bested by quarterbacks and receivers now. That didn't always used to be the case. Yeah, because you were getting twenty five carries, you were getting fifteen touchdowns, you were getting thirteen to seventeen to nineteen hundred yards mm-hmm. out of these guys. Yeah. And you were hoping to get a thousand yards out of a receiver and maybe six to ten touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, those those numbers have flipped for both sides. Yep. And receivers, you could argue, maybe like a guy like a Justin Jefferson or a Jamar Chase. Like I rode Jamar Chase all the way to a title game last year because Jamar Chase was just unstoppable. I know a bunch of guys that rode Tom Brady and Cooper Cup alone to oh, a championship. I had Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup, and they carried me on their backs the whole season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's if you don't have one of the elite running backs, is it worth it to chase? And I think that's going to be an interesting thing on should we change the mindset of how we view running backs in fantasy football? Because I think there's a shift coming. And I think I want to kind of be out in front of it this year. Yeah, definitely. There's only a couple of straight-up bell cow hand-you-the-ball backs. Mm-hmm. And I would say that's Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry. Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee is a bell cow. And Nick Chubb. Besides that... It's a you. You got to find got guys. Five. You got to find guys that are gonna catch passes out now, of the backfield. Now, if if McCaffrey's healthy, sure, I'm. I will throw I'm him into that touching list. Touching him with the stick because that if is so large. But the if is the same if that Austin Eckler's had. I don't think it is. I truly, I don't. I don't think it is. Okay. Because Austin Eckler ain't t- being taken one through three every year. Cat McCaffrey is a consistent pick one to three mm-hmm. basically every year for the past like five seasons like if i can get him in the latter half of the first round i'm 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 rolling yeah dice. then then i'll roll the dice but i don't know that's just a scary proposition because <laughs> i've seen many of my friends fall to the wayside in our league because they chose mccaffrey oh sure it all it is is just make sure yeah you plan mm-hmm. 
accordingly for him. Make sure you've got everything because that's where the, the scouting comes in. That's yeah. where do, do I take Garrett Wilson or Drake London later in the draft? Do I take uh, Jalen Hurts or do I go after Kirk Cousins? Well, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback. Jalen Hurts is probably the better fantasy option because mm-hmm. <laughs> of those rushing yards, those rushing touchdowns. And you got to factor in, like, who is in a contract year? Who's going to be shown out so that they can get paid and keep their job next year? Tony Pollard. Zeke yeah. Elliott's playing for his job mm-hmm. this year. So there, yeah, there's a lot of factors that you got to weigh in for sure. Speaking of the Cowboys, we're going to talk about them coming up here in about five minutes as former wide receiver Amari Cooper, former number one answers the question if CD is ready to be the number one option for your Dallas Cowboys because they were very, very uninteresting this offseason in terms of people loading up to make deep playoff runs. The Cowboys were not one of those teams, although we feel like they're close. Uh How do we take that going into this upcoming season? The Patriots don't name any coordinators <laughs> after losing their coordinators this past offseason. so wild. That man. is insane to me. I'll explain why coming up here in about 15 minutes. But are there any other storylines around the NFL that you are very, very excited about as we get ready to start the season? My favorite storyline, I'll start off, mm-hmm. just to kind of, the AFC West. The AFC West is going to be No, oh, it's going to be just murderous insane. row, dude. Yeah. It's, you could have a fantastic season and not make the playoffs because you got three teams that, you know, beat you on time in your own conference, and you're like, well, <laughs> this sucks. But I don't think anybody's going to run away with that division no, either. No, I don't think anybody is either. Definitely not. And I'm, you know, I'm worried about the Chiefs, man. I got to say. Really? That defense is just not good. And literally everyone in that division loaded up their defense. Like, supremely loaded up. Truth. Like, everyone has two fantastic pass rushers. Mm -hmm. The Chiefs don't have one. They have, you know. They have one. They have, he's good. Chris Jones is extremely good. Yeah, but he's good. up the middle. I'm talking about edge. On the edge. edge on the edge. Yeah. yeah. Every team has two guys on the edge that are going to get after you extraordinarily. Their one guy on the edge is a big, uh, he's a question mark. Frank yeah. Clark mm-hmm. is, he can turn it on and he can be a monster. And then you. But he's so inconsistent. And then you lose Tyron Matthew, you know, the leader mm-hmm. of your defense. And, I mean, that leaves a huge hole in their secondary. Against I, these monster QBs. I love Tyron Matthews. Yeah, I, I love too. him. But I believe his value wasn't equal to his worth, if you know what I mean. What he wanted wasn't worth what he provided. Like, he's great. He's a leader. Those qualities are amazing. But the skills had diminished a little bit to the point where they had two better safeties on the back end. One Thornhill is just waiting to get playing time because of Tyron Matthew and his contract. But every time he was on the field, he was a difference maker. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I'm just talking more not necessarily the on-the-field on the play aspect. Yeah, it's the leadership. The leadership that comes with Tyron Matthew to but get those guys. But when you're paying half a billion to Mahomes, fair. you have to no, make. No, yeah, exactly. These are the decisions you have to make once exactly. you start paying your quarterback. The Cowboys are falling into that boat. You're paying Dak Prescott. $40 million a year, you now have to make more calculated decisions mm-hmm. on the rest of your roster. The problem is, 
while the Cowboys are or while the Chiefs are up against the cap because they've paid him and they've paid uh, Chris Jones and they've paid their offensive line to keep Patrick Mahomes upright, which keeps him going. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, on the other hand, have this cap space to be able to use, but aren't yeah, using it currently. Using Although there were reports that Anthony Barr is being is being looked at by both the Cowboys and the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Another we'll linebacker? That. Haven't we signed two linebackers in the past like I mean, month? You've, you've got uh, Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. You've got Leighton Vander Esch. Mm-hmm. You've got Jabril Cox. You drafted a guy this past year. And I think you signed a couple of, but the guys that they signed were actually just, you know, special teams. Mm-hmm. Depth. Anthony Barr would give you a kind of just-in-case because we all know that Leighton Van Der Esch, like we talk about Christian McCaffrey, it's a matter of time, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it'd be nice to have a backup plan in place, and you don't know how Jabril Cox rehab off that ACL injury is actually going. Yeah. So this may just be a pure... No, I would like to have Anthony Barr for safety sure. Net. Yeah, I would like to have Anthony Barr, no doubt about that. Also, he frees up you know, more time to put Micah on the edge mm-hmm. and you're not worried about who's playing in the middle. He is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. You can also tweet at us at the station at SA Sports Star or you can dial us up on the Kielbasa Bacon phone line 656 ESPN 656 3776. When we get back, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver or should I say former Dallas Cowboys number one wide wide receiver Amari Cooper spoke to the ticket in Dallas and talked about whether Amari Cooper's ready to take over that role or not. We'll hear from Amari next right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Your new home for Dallas Cowboys football. San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. A little bit of logic and Eminem to get us started this morning. What's going on, Jack? How you feeling? I'm good, man. A little tired, but you know, it is what it is. Another day in the life. Yeah, you got a ton of sleep. Sounds like. I left work and I had to do some things for my mom. And I got home around probably 6 o'clock yesterday. Mm-hmm. I woke up at about 5.30 this morning. That's beautiful. <laughs> I was, I slept forever, and it was amazing. <laughs> That's beautiful. See, I spent the day yesterday out on the lake in Austin paddleboarding. I'm doing that today. It was great. I got home, and I was beat, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get some good sleep. I laid in bed and laid in bed and laid tired. in bed like... I was so tired. Why can't I fall asleep? That's the worst. When you're so tired, you can't sleep. Yeah, I, I like I driving home. I was like, oh, like I'm gonna get some good sleep. I'm mm-hmm. gonna wake up. I'm gonna feel refreshed. It's not gonna be a struggle. Nah, I toss and turn for like two hours. Struggle bus. Yeah, <laughs> I get in bed like I don't know ten thirty, and next thing I know, it's twelve thirty. I'm like, God, just. Wasted all that. There was, I had this great thing in theory and idea mm-hmm. this morning. I stopped on the way in and I saw all these Pop Tarts and I was like, ooh, 
I'm, a little breakfast, a little, a little something to get the morning going. I got myself a protein bar, and I saw these Pop-Tarts. I was like, very excited. There's a toaster at work. This is going to be great. As long as you got the toaster, that's... I saw this flavor. Eggo waffle and maple syrup. That sounds like it would be really good. Sounds amazing. Yeah. It looked amazing. It smelled amazing. Underwhelming. It was a little underwhelming. It was a little bit underwhelming. So you just got to stick to the cinnamon. That toasted cinnamon Pop-Tart is undefeated. Is- is really it really bats good. a thousand at the plate. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about. I've that. never Tested had one, and I've been like, "This sucks." Like, I'm always like, "This is the best thing I've ever had." It's just that perfect <laughs> flavor bomb. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of perfect flavor bombs, Mari Cooper. He was good at catching bombs from Dak Prescott. Too bad he is no longer the number one receiver in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Amari had talked about kind of what went on last year in Dallas because it was it was a good team. It was a good record, but the the outside noise around it was how good is this team? Are they that good? Yeah. Are they that good? And Amari spoke to kind of the most frustrating thing about last season on ninety six seven the ticket in Dallas yesterday. It was weird because uh we were winning. You know, we were winning and um you know, I was scoring touchdowns. Like, it's not like I wasn't scoring touchdowns and stuff like that. I was scoring touchdowns. It's just the yards, you know. So I never really felt like I was underperforming, really. And then, obviously, I had COVID and everything. So it wasn't it wasn't that I felt like I was underperforming. It's just I saw the way the season was going, and I saw the games we were losing as opposed to the games we were winning. Even though we had a, we had a really good season, but the, the few losses that we did have, they were all to the teams that we would potentially play in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And every, every win that we had, it was like, this is not a playoff team, this is not a playoff team, this is not a playoff team. So I was kind of frustrated um, in that regard because I'm like, I saw the trend of me getting the ball, like in the red area and stuff like that. And I was like, man, like all these playoff teams that we were losing to, we're going to have to play them again. And if, you know, if we play them how we played them or – well, we're not taking advantage of the playmakers that we have so that we can win, we're going to lose. You know, I was, able to, I was able to foresee that. And unfortunately, you know, that's what happened in the first round. So that's why I was, I was, so, um, I was so pissed off because I didn't want what we had to not reach its full potential. Um, but unfortunately, that, that's what happened in the very first round. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that, that was the most frustrating thing about last year for me. What do you take away from that, Jack? I mean, there are no lies detected there. I, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I mean, you talked that. about everything we were talking about last yeah. year. They were beating up on bad teams. Mm-hmm. They were losing to the good teams. Yeah. And they were wholly undisciplined in those good teams. But yeah. There was something else he mentioned in there, and I'll get to it, because he talks about if CD is ready to take over his role at the number one. And I think these two sound bites from him kind of tie into a similar thread to me. This is yesterday in Dallas on 96.7 The Ticket. Amari Cooper, former Cowboys number one receiver, if Amari or if CeeDee Lamb is ready to take that mantle from Amari Cooper now that he's gone. Yes. Uh, CD been ready. <laughs> CD has been ready. Um, again, it's just about opportunity. Um, I think when it, if Kellen decides to you know feature him, He's definitely ready to step up. CD is a playmaker. Uh, you know, I'm just reminded of that Vikings game, you know, when we were breaking the huddle. 
he was ready. He was ready then. And he's like, yo, I, I, I want this fade. So, uh, and then we all seen what he's able to do when, when you throw him a fade. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he been ready. Um, he's going to make the play when his, when his jersey number is called. Uh, and I, and I can't wait to see it happen. He's a playmaker. He, he, um, go up and get it after the catch, no matter the situation. So, yeah. No, I, How high are you taking him in fantasy, Jack? I would take CD <laughs> second or third round, easy for sure. He's going to be bell cow receiver, no doubt about that. Easy number one. The only thing concerns me, CD does have a lot of drops. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to tighten that up. But as far as explosiveness and speed and elusiveness, there are very few in the NFL that are better than him in that regard. So you think he is primed and ready, like Amari said? Yeah, just very be that number one yeah, option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Dude's a monster. Is there any other concerns you have, uh, uh, whether it's CD or anything else? When I it mean, comes to the Cowboys definitely. My even more so than CD would be like Amari said. It, if Kellen decides to feature him, there it is. If Kellen decides, to, yeah. you know, feature him. So that. From last, uh, the comments talking about last year mm-hmm. and playing against these playoff teams, and we're going to have to do something to figure things out. And if Kellen decides to feature mm-hmm. Amari as yeah. no one, I'm in the red area, you know, taking advantage of our weapons when we get down in the red area. We know we struggled in the red zone last year against good Mightily. teams. Mightily. So these are two comments where I see Amari calling out Kellen Moore yeah, for I mean, last year's decision-making. Our play calling got incredibly stagnant. We were just running the ball for the hell of it just because we thought we needed to run the ball. And then when it was time to run the ball, we'd run the same, you know, five pass or five wide receiver trees, and it's just got incredibly stagnant and predictable. Like, I would have been able to tell you what we were doing sure. when we were going to do it because I saw it the last game. It's like we just took the play sheets from game to game and did not switch them depending on the personnel we were playing. So, yeah, it's it's going to all fall on Kellen's shoulders for sure. And he's thought of around the league as this golden boy, you wonder know, child. wonder child offensive guru. And personally, I've yet to see that. I mean, I would say, oh number boy. one offense in the NFL last year. Yeah, for sure. We scored over forty like three times, and no, no other team did that. But those were against you know the bottom third in the NFL. It was against teams in your division. Yeah. So, if for me, if Kellen's got to be what? Who's the new coach over there in Miami? Uh, McDaniel. McDaniel. That's Mike like McDaniel. Kellen got to be McDaniel's. I want to see some crazy stuff coming out the backfield and all types of motion. And now I want you to remember, Mike McDaniel does feel like a genius. He's awesome. He was the offensive coordinator of a very inventive system over mm-hmm. there in San Francisco. Mike McDaniel did not call plays. Kyle Shanahan is the brainchild of that offense, which actually, you know. Also, Atlanta during their Super Bowl run with Matt Ryan and also Washington with RG3 when he won the uh, Offensive Player of the Year. And also, down in Houston, he was on the staff when Matt Schaub was setting records. So, Uh, like, 
loved that shot of Andre While Johnson. I love Mike McDaniel. Yeah. I do. He is kind of unproven in the sense that this is Kyle Shanahan's offense. That's fair. That's fair. I'm just saying we will go as far as Kellen Moore's play calling will That's take us. That's the biggest question yeah. this year, right? Not worried about Dak. Not really worried about Zeke. Worried about the offensive line? Maybe a tad, but I, I think, well, I mean, I'm not, not as much any as you more are. worried than yeah. I was last season, yeah. you know. I mean, losing Lyell is probably going to end up hurting a little bit, but we also got rid of the flag machine, so we're going to save ourselves about 45 yards and flags every game. Worrying, I, I find worrying about injury is... Don't worry about there, it. There's no. nothing you can do. Mm-mm. I know, I understand injuries when they happen time after time after time, a yeah. lot like multiple players like Tyron Smith, let's be, for instance, mm-hmm. there's always that, oh, this is, uh, when this happens, it's just going to be so bad. And it has been. Yeah. But worrying over an injury is a fool's errand because mm-hmm. you're playing in a sport where, I mean. These guys are running into each other like trucks. I mean, it's a 100% injury sport. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone gets injured. No one ever walks out. You know, scotch free. Like everyone's gonna get injured. So yes, that is a concern, but it is lower on my list of concerns in terms of the biggest injury is if something happens to Dak. Yes, that's the only injury I am like cannot happen. So I am with you, Kellen Moore. Show me your who everybody thinks you are. Get deep in your bag, man. Like be extremely innovative to a point where it's almost annoying. He is Jack Thompson. Follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. Of course, you can reach out to us on the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines as well at 656-ESPN-210-656-3776 or just tweet at the station at SA Sports Star. Jack and I will be right back talking a little more NFL because the Patriots are doing something that is very, very familiar to me. And I don't like it. I'll explain <laughs> it next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM and AM 1250. This is Mike Greenberg on San Antonio and South Texas's strongest sports station. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover. San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I am James Fledger. I'm joined by my guy Jack Thompson. We are taking you all the way till 9 o'clock this morning. Jack, the New England Patriots are doing something very, very weird, but not unheard of. Mm-hmm. They have decided there are no coordinators. There are only coaches. Mm-hmm. Bill Belichick is going full Bill Belichick on things because I guess he's tired of having his coordinators picked off every single year because his tree is like Pop's tree. Mm -hmm. It is extremely large. Yep. Not a lot of success out of that tree, but people keep going and taking bites of the apple. Mm -hmm. Now he's decided, you know what? Lost Josh McDaniel this year. I'm I'm done. I'm done losing my. Uh, I've got uh, a defensive coach in my son. 
I've got a former defensive coordinator, Matt Patricia, who is going to be working with the offensive line. I've got a former special teams coordinator of mine that was a head coach in New York that didn't work out, so he came home. And Joe Judge, he is going to be working with the quarterbacks and um, doing other things on the offensive side of the ball, but there are no coordinators. And I, I actually wouldn't be shocked if I see like seven coaches holding a play sheet <laughs> over their mouth next season just to kind of throw people off so nobody really knows who's calling plays. But you don't even really have an offensive guy on the offensive side of the ball. Joe Judge did one year as a receivers coach and was a special teams coordinator. Matt Patricia is a defensive guy. He worked with the defensive line. He's worked with linebackers. He was a defensive coordinator. You're going into year two with a a year two quarterback. Mm -hmm. Matt Jones is going into his second year, and he just lost his offensive coordinator that helped him be basically the best quarterback of that rookie class, despite being the fourth, fifth one taken. Mm -hmm. And he struggled down the stretch last yeah. year. He did, yeah. He plateaued hard. I have I have a huge issue with what the Patriots are doing. I do too. But, yeah. But the thing is, I the, the only understanding I would have of it is Joe Judge and Matt Patricia have an awful NFL record. Yes, Joe Judge is ten and twenty three. Mm -hmm. Matt Patricia is thirteen and twenty nine. So I think there. Wow, are... Joe Judge was better than Matt Patricia. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think what they're doing is maybe just saving themselves some off season flack from the media and avoiding you know whoever eventually mm -hmm. might be the offensive coordinator. Like, they just don't want him roasted in the media and all this negative attention going into You're the second. You're a grown second. man collecting a paycheck. No, I understand. Do your job. I, I completely agree. It's the Patriot slogan, do your job. I agree. But I'm just saying that's what I would think is happening, is they don't want all the negativity flowing into their, their camp. As, you know, in the NFL, it's said that... After your first and your second year, that's the biggest leap you'll take as a player. I'm not sure they want all that hanging over Max head going into this year, all this negativity circling around who's going to be calling his plays. Well, maybe you should have actually hired an offensive I, No, I completely agree. <laughs> I'm just saying that's the way I might look at it, but yeah, it's going to be weird. I would not want either of those guys calling plays, and I don't think I want Bill Belichick calling plays. I have so many issues with this, and it reminds me of what the Spurs did. Remember after Torrey Messina retired and went back overseas? Mm -hmm. They did this weird thing where we're not going to name a lead assistant. Mm -hmm. What game did you scout? Did you scout that game? Then you get to coach if I happen to get thrown. Yeah. And it felt like, Oh, they're protecting Becky from being asked. No. No, you're hindering her. Yeah. And it's not fair to her. It's mm -hmm. not fair to the media mm -hmm. because we have questions. Yeah. You're you're doing a disservice to a whole bunch of people all at the same time. And the Patriots are doing that exact same thing. You're doing a disservice to your quarterbacks in the room because I'm sure they've got questions. Your entire offense probably has questions. Mm-hmm. You're doing a disservice to the media because guess what? After every week, 
the coordinators have to face the media just like the head coach. Mm-hmm. And if you don't name a coordinator, you're trying to usurp that rule and not have to trot anybody out there to answer questions and to where it's only Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is the head of the snake, and he's the only person that you're allowed to talk and to. And you know Bill's going to say four words. Exactly. <laughs> that was a good game. And so... You're doing a disservice to the media. You're doing a disservice to your players. You're doing a disservice to the coaches themselves because everybody knows the next in line from coordinator to head coach in in the job application process. There is a lineage that you usually follow and coordinators are the next in line to become head coaches. By not naming them, you are effectively keeping people from being promoted. And at the same time, coordinators make more than coaches. So you are affecting probably a pay scale as well. Like, there are a lot of things going on about this that I just don't like, that don't sit well with me mm-hmm. on so many moral levels that I also had issues with when it came to the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it feels like an organization that knew greatness, that had greatness, that was greatness, because of things that they did in a certain way, and all of a sudden they're trying to hold on to the greatness that was, even though that greatness walked out the locker room doors. Yeah, for sure. I I mean, it's it's stupid. It makes no sense, for sure. Like The question mark that it leaves on your team is far worse than any sort of, you know, media attention you would get whether negative or positive so yeah it's in the best service of everybody in the organization to to name who's going to be your coordinators and i just look at it from the stand fact uh from the stance that second year quarterback Mm-hmm. We talked about the jump that you're supposed to make in that second year and how good it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. this is why I feel really good about Trevor Lawrence having a prominent head coach with yeah. a good offensive staff around him and, excuse me, weapons to be able to take a, a good jump this year. Yeah. Trevor, Trevor Lawrence will hopefully see the Trevor Lawrence we thought we were going to see yeah, last yeah. year. Definitely. At the same time, I could say I expect a regression from Matt Jones because. Mac Jones had a great year with a great coordinator last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh McDaniels has, uh, you've seen him be inventive in terms of what he did with Tom Brady, changing his system entirely to fit the skill set of Cam Newton, mm-hmm. and then changing it again to bring Mac Jones along at the pace that he felt he needed to be bring along, brung along at, which made him one of the best quarterbacks last year out of that big taunt, uh, vaunted rookie class. Mm-hmm. Now you've got a couple of guys who, A, don't work on the offensive side of the ball, haven't worked on the offensive side of the ball, and the one guy that's working with the quarterback was his claim to fame is, I spent a year as a receivers coach before becoming a special teams coordinator. Yeah. How confident can you feel going into Uh, the season if you're Mac Jones? Exactly, yeah. Not very. Or or not even Mac Jones, just that entire offensive Mm -hmm. room. Yeah. Like, I get Matt Patricia working with the offensive line, defensive line, offensive line. You can kind of teach, like, hey, this is what they're going to be trying to do. This is how you should try and counter it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, I have questions, and I would have so many questions if I was a player. Yeah, oh, yeah. And the thing is, 
with this group, especially their receiver group, you got to be extremely innovative. And it's not like it's a good receiver. It's, that's group. what I'm saying. Like it's their best receiver is Jacoby Myers, and he's at best a number two on a really good team, probably a number three. And in the second round, they drafted a guy that was probably a sixth, seventh rounder, and Taquan Thornton mm-hmm. out of Baylor, who is just known for just his a burner. Speed. Yeah. How are you going to get? Because we know their track record with selecting wide receivers in the draft. Terrible. That's legitimately terrible. I I feel there is a huge regression by the Patriots coming this year mm-hmm. to where they may finish last in the division. That's, I know they're more talented than the Jets, but the Jets at least feel like they're doing things to take steps I wouldn't forward. even say they're more talented. You line up those rosters... Next to each other, I'd probably take the Jets. Well, man. the defensive side of the ball is where the Patriots make their bones. Yeah, you're very right about that. But still, this is a, a scoring league now. Sure. And they've got more weapons. Yeah. they got a ton of weapons over there. It's the going to be very interesting. Yeah. That's going to be a storyline to watch is to see how Zach Wilson enters year number two in New York with they... Garrett Wilson and uh, Elijah Moore mm-hmm. and – uh, Corey Davis, Corey Davis, CJ Ozuma, who they signed in free agency. Uh, they've got Bruce Reece Hall, Hall Michael and Carter. Michael Carter. Yeah, like what a fun group. Makai Becton on that offensive line. Like they've got some players. Mm-hmm. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I, I didn't even bring up a Braxton Berrios or. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, nah, they've got some some dudes on that team for sure. They're going to be a fun team, and I love I love their coach too. I could see the Patriots falling into dead last. I can too, yeah. I can see the Dolphins finishing second. I can mm-hmm. easily, they, they, you can line up all the rosters and the, the Dolphins may have the most talented roster. The Bills just happen to have the best two players. Yeah. <laughs> but the Dolphins, you look at them, Tyreek Hill. Uh, their and weapons are insane. Waddle and Jacecki and Cedric Wilson the offensive line, they went out and got Taron Armstead and Connor Williams. They, their running back room is five insane. running backs <laughs> in the backfield back there with Moster and uh, Gaskin and Edmonds. Chase and, Edmonds. And uh, what's his name? He was on the Broncos. In the Broncos? Yeah, prior to being on the. Oh, 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 I know exactly who you're talking about because he was with the Houston Texans, Philip yeah. Lindsay. Lindsay. And they have Sony Michelle. And Sony Michelle. Like they've got like six running backs on that roster. Yeah. It's just insane. <laughs> and then you go to the defensive side of the ball and they've got probably the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. And Madden and didn't Zavian even Howard and Byron Jones. Neither of them were in the top ten for Madden too, which is insane. I don't know how you leave Xavier Howard off that list. To me, that's the best cornerback tandem in all of football. Yeah. Like they are so good. You got the big the physical guy secondary. with with Xavier Howard mm-hmm. who will literally knock you on your butt, and then the mirror corner and Byron. So. And Xavier's your your turnover guy too. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna get his hands on the ball, unlike Byron. Yeah. There's just so many things to like about that team, mm-hmm. and it all comes down to uh, Tua. It all, all comes, down, comes to down, Tua. down to Tua. How can he sling it? How can he sling it? I don't know. Tom Brady might look good in the Dolphins uniform next year. It's just a little ways down from Tampa. It's not far. <laughs> Man, I'm over Tom Brady. Why? It's just 
The spectacle around this man is just so much. I love this. I love this so much more than I love New England Tom. Well, no, I definitely, I like Tampa Tom a lot more because he's hit more of himself, but like, I just don't, like. What is it about him? What's, what's getting to you? It's just, I feel like the, it's just the day to day, like, Am I gonna retire? Is he gonna retire? When's he coming? Is he oh, gonna come back? Like, I went through this with Brett Favre. I know. I'm just, I am not new to this. <laughs> just so tired of Tom always being in the news for literally doing nothing. I mean, we can say the same thing about a whole bunch of players in every sport. <laughs> I mean, we find the ones that we really, really like the goats of said sport. No, and Tom we focus is legitimately the goat. For we sure. hyper focus on the goat and anything that they do, whether they, you know, scratch their left butt cheek yeah we're gonna we're gonna critique it yep. that's just how it goes he's jack thompson follow him on twitter at jack underscore thompson 33 i am at i am pledger when we come back Dejounte murray went from grateful to salty what happened and why we're gonna talk about it next right here on the saturday morning hangover on san antonio sports star 94.1 fm and am 1250 this is Keyshawn johnson on your home of the dallas cowboys San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 941 FM and AM 1250. San Antonio Sports Star, 941 FM, AM 1250. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. I'm James Fletcher. He's Jack Thompson. I think he was just watching the John Wick 4 trailer I sent him. I was. <laughs> John Wick 4, or John Wick Chapter 4 coming out in theaters. March of 2023, San Diego Comic-Con's in full effect, baby. Mm-hmm. I love Comic-Con. We get all the drops right now, except, except Houston. Uh, we got a problem because we don't get as much Disney stuff. Therefore, we don't get as much Marvel stuff as we used to do because they kind of hold that stuff back for their own. Yeah, the Disney. With the D23 Expo, mm-hmm. which... I'm cool with. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's another thing. But we did get to see the I Am Groot. Yeah. Trailer, I Am so. Groot looks pretty sick. That I'm Disney excited Plus, for those uh, five features shorts. coming out. Yeah, and we cool. got a little bit of news on X-Men 97. Yeah, Magneto. Oh, I, I am all in. That's crazy. That's going to be dope. That's going to be so dope. I'm James Pledger. He's Jack Thompson. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. We take you to 9 o'clock. DeJounte Murray, San Antonio Spurs, former... All-star guard, now Atlanta Hawk. Left, had great things to say about the organization as he was heading to his new team at his press conference and has since been battling fans on Instagram and Twitter with multiple, multiple seeming shots at yep. the organization. Yep. Not going to be good for 15 years. This is about more than basketball. How do you take... DeJounte's turn. I don't know, man. That's as a Spurs fan, how do you take it? It really I mean, it pissed me off, honestly. Like we you the pissed entire you off time because he's right or pissed you off because why are you being so vocal? It's it's not even like I don't know how much he's I'm sure th- there's obviously some truth to it. We saw like during the playoffs when he was, you know, repping E-May on his story, said, mm-hmm. you're the one who believed in me when you know who didn't. 
But the thing, like, DeJounte had an extremely troubled childhood. Yes. He fell in the draft because of it. Mm-hmm. We took the flyer on him. And, you know, we, not to say that his work didn't do it, but in a sense, we molded this kid into what he is now. Sure. And we gave him a family. He called Papa's dad. All this stuff. All this family stuff. And then to s- completely switch lanes and start going the other direction and calling everybody out, saying we're not going to win for 15 years. Like, that's just, that's, in my mind, that's really weak. But it's because people are coming at him. That's just, do pe- on social media, people come at everybody every single day. True. People get it way worse than him and don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You're a, a young all-star guard in the NBA who got what he wanted from the Spurs. We shipped you to where you wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to turn around and badmouth us like that? That's the softest. That just ticks me off is so it much. Is soft or is he trying to help the guys that are there? It's soft. It is soft for sure. It's soft okay. because you gotta you make the best of your situation, and obviously the Spurs run things differently than they do in Atlanta. You can see that right from Dejounte's stories over the past month on mm-hmm. his Instagram, and you know that just it really upset me. And honestly, after that, good riddance. I don't need you on our team. I don't need to talk about you. I don't need anything. I don't need your name mentioned around our club anymore. Good riddance. Go have fun losing in the plan with Atlanta. <laughs> I take this completely differently. Soft. I think he's shining a light under an issue that we've been dealing with for a while. And it's the fact that the Spurs are trying to recreate what they have with Tim Tony Amonit. And if you're trying to do that, it's going to take 15 to 20 years, 10 to 15, if, if ever. You're trying to recreate something that was a shooting star in the night because their, their egos, their selflessness, their lack of want to monetize and capitalize their actual net worth, like that's just hard to We've find. We've taken in, a big turn in that, though. That's hard to find in any singular player, much less three, to build an entire culture around. And look at Dejounte; he wants to be on social media. He wants to be out in the open. He was obviously throttled here in San Antonio. Do you not think it's beneficial for players to create their players today, kids today? are much more self-aware of the brand awareness that can be brought through social media. But that's not even what he was talking about. He didn't say they weren't letting me be me. He was just straight up bad-mouthing us, saying, have fun losing for the next 15 years. Like, y'all are going to be terrible. All this stuff. He wasn't even talking about the Spurs just didn't let me be me. And I would be fine if he said something like that. I mean, players get in trouble for doing interviews that aren't sanctioned. They get, they, they're not allowed to basically be... Out in the light, DeJounte Murray, who was arguably the face of the franchise, right? Yeah. Not in the HEB commercials. 
Like the and if you think about it, the only commercials any of these players are allowed to do are through Sponsorship. sponsorships that go through the Spurs. They're not really allowed to have like a car dealership say, "Hey, Dejounte, we want to give you some money." And there's like, oh, "Is it a Spurs sponsor?" Then no. That's no, but that's taking a that's definitely taking a change though. But it's about more than basketball. But he he wasn't talking about more than basketball. No, that's exactly what his words were in that post. They'll be losing for the next ten to fifteen years about more than basketball. Players want more these days. They want to capitalize. They want to make themselves a brand. And I don't I, know, man. And I think that's part of it. I'm sure that that's definitely a part of it. But he didn't have to take it where he took it. Just shut up, get in the gym, and go to work, dude. Like. Don't be such a prima donna. That's so annoying. So annoying. He's Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. You're locked into the Saturday morning hangover. So much more coming up right after the break here on San Antonio Sports Star. James Pledger. Jack Thompson. The Saturday morning hangover. Good morning and welcome to hour number two of the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. 94.1 FM. And AM 1250, I am James Pledger. I'm joined by a very disgruntled Jack Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> you were giving it to DeJounte in the break. Just keep our city's name out your mouth. That's far worse than my said. group text with my friends, I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> far worse. A lot of stuff that cannot be said on there. <laughs> I get it. I do. Just... I understand the vitriol. But I appreciate shining a light on a situation. I just wish he'd be a little bit more vocal in terms of what's that issue that's bigger than exactly. Basketball. What what is it that this organization is doing that is going to hamper itself? Like I have ideas, and I've I've vocalized what I think those what I think he's referring to. Yeah, and I agree with him. I do. I just think it's hard to win. With the mentality of, well, kids, you got to act like, you know, we did in the 90s. We didn't have cell phones. It doesn't have to be straight up like that, but just loosen the reins. And the reins have been loosened more and more every season. Like, uh, and I've repeatedly said this coming into this draft, I had never seen. So many players that the Spurs were working out, talking to, taking out to dinner, all this stuff. Like, the veil is being opened. It's not going to be an overnight thing. And, of course, while Pop's still there, there's going to be, you know, it's only going to spread this far. But, man, just go shut up and just get in the gym, bro, and just play ball. Like, I understand you can voice your opinion all you want. You have every right to do so. But to badmouth the organization that you have repeatedly said you're like eternally grateful to for giving you your shot, and we, you're now an all-star point guard in the NBA mm-hmm. because of you know, he, obviously he put in the work, but yes. we were the ones mentoring and guiding that work. So I don't know, man. I'm just so far polar opposite of that that. That just really annoyed me. (laughs) Also coming up this hour, we've got 11 new uniforms throughout the NFL. Yes. Yes. A lot of them are pretty 
sexy. We're going to break them down. We'll probably rank them, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. At least give you our top five of what's available out there. The Houston Astros snapped the Seattle Mariners' 14-game win streak. They are no longer the hottest team in baseball, and the Astros are starting to make some noise. The Astros were four and a half games back coming out of the All-Star game of the Yankees, ended up sweeping the Yankees, Mm -hmm. which brought them to within two and a half games. They've now put some more distance. They did that without, by the way, coming out of the All-Star break, either of the races. No Verlander, no Frammer. Mm -hmm. And they still beat down the Yankees. They are living rent-free in their head. Yep. (laughs) That is awesome. Love that. They also did not play them last night as they beat the Mariners 5-2, to two, snapping their 14-game win streak. Jose Urquidy ends up getting the win in that game after pitching a great outing. But Verlander and Framber will be pitching this weekend, so there is a chance that while the Mariners kind of cut that down to 9, 10 games, mm-hmm. they could sp- they could sweep or win this series, which which would put more space between them and the Mariners in the division. And then they play them for a four-game set next week, and this thing could be over mm-hmm. by the beginning of August now Yeah, as it pertains to the division. And Houston looking to make some moves at the trade deadline, according to reports. Luis Castillo, the pitcher, Josh Bell, the first baseman for the Nationals, who's hitting three eleven with... 13 home run like Houston's not done They're They look like they're trying to load up for another late, late postseason draw. And if you were at the Wolf last night, you got to see Lance McCullers for the first time yep. since last season's mm-hmm. uh, playoffs because he hadn't played since the ALDS last year against the Chicago White Sox, where he suffered a flexor tendon strain. And they're like, ah, maybe he can get him back for the World Series. We don't know, blah, blah, blah. World Series turned into spring training. Spring training turned into the regular season. The regular season has now turned into almost August. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he did pitch, and he pitched extremely well last night uh, down at the Wolf. That's just... (laughs) What? Imagine showing up, dude, and you're like, this guy's pitching against us? (laughs) Like when when Max Scherzer or something shows up for your rehab start, and you're like, "Oh man, great!" <laughs> he uh, struck out the side in the first inning, and then worked around a uh, walk mm-hmm. to lead off the second. Pitched two shutout innings on the way to a six-two win mm-hmm. for the Hooks last night. But McCullers looked good. They say touch ninety-four on the gun. His sinker had the bite to it that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. So if the Strohs can get him back reinforcements healthy, reinforcements coming. That's that's a tough bullpen, man. That's real tough. I mean, I just don't see who goes to the bullpen though. Like this team is because of these young pitchers mm-hmm. that stepped up so much this year. Yeah, your Keedy's pitched well. Yeah, Luis uh, Garcia's pitched extremely well. Framber Valdez was an all-star this year, so he's pitched extremely well. And they've got a guy sitting in AAA. Yeah. Their number one prospect who's a starter as well. Like this That's an insane pitching room for sure. And then Verlander coming off of the Tommy John looks like he's ready to win another Cy Young. Yep. Justin Verlander is dealing this year. Strolls are looking good. 
I'm excited. I am excited for the last half of this baseball season mm-hmm. because the trade deadline is a little more than a week away, August 2nd. So uh, that would be Tuesday, I believe. Day two of training camp in Oxnard, California, brought yeah. to you by A Best Bell Bonds on the recipe, small batch pork rinds, and Cowboys AC and heating. And speaking of the Cowboys, <laughs> there is a lot to get into with them, and I want to give it its due time. So let's step aside. We'll come back, mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper will set the table for us. The former yep. number one will let us know A. If C.D. Lamb's ready to be a number one, and B, we'll see if we can read between the lines and see what his issues with where the Cowboys fell short last season laid. That's all coming up right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and AM 1250. It's Rob Thompson. Get your big headline sports and a whole bunch of fun. Join Rudy J and I weekday mornings at 7. It's R&R in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. Doing a little NBA free agency talk, and because it's it's just been so. For your free booklet, visit wrinstitute.org or call toll free eight seven seven nine five seven seven five seven five and find us on Facebook and Twitter, the Will Rogers Institute since nineteen thirty six. Hi, I'm Jeff Gordon. As a four-time NASCAR champion, nothing is more important to me than winning a race, especially the race to cure children's cancer. Each day, more than 40,000 children are undergoing cancer treatment at hospitals throughout the United States. CureSearch for Children's Cancer supports the research and treatment for 90% of those children. Only research cures children's cancer. Join the Jeff Gordon Children's Foundation in supporting this winning team. Get involved at CureSearch.org. What's up? It's Rudy J. Enjoy your weekend and let's talk the biggest stories in sports Monday morning, 7 till 10. It's r r in the morning on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.1 FM. Welcome back into the Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM, AM 1250. I'm James Pledger, joined by my guy Jack Thompson as we get you ready, taking you to 9 o'clock. Of course, don't forget you can catch the Texas Rangers today right here on San Antonio Sports Star. We are your home for Texas Rangers baseball as they look to bounce back from their series opening loss to the Oakland A's as they fell last night by a score of <clears throat> excuse me, five to four. Tonight's game set for an eight oh seven first pitch, seven. 30 will get you started with the pregame right here on your home for Texas Rangers baseball. Now, we already said it. Cincinnati Bengals, number one with a bullet. They're complete whites, white jersey, mm-hmm. white pants, white helmet with those black Bengal stripes. That's going to be the best alternate, maybe just the best uniform. It might be, yeah. Of all of next season. Yeah, the, those helmets are so fire. But we got a whole bunch of other ones mm-hmm. to rattle off kind of how you see them lining up this year. Because got, we, got some, we got some really, really sick reveals. I got Cincy Hardpoint 
number one for sure. Then I'm going the boys, the Jets, the Texans, and Carolina to round out my five. Okay. So you got the boys at two. Yeah. That I love those that white helmet. Okay. It's so sick. Then the Jets with that black the black Jets. Mm-hmm. Super fire. I'm strangely very into those Texans red alternate helmets. I think those are pretty fire. They're going to look great on the field. I do too. My question is, what are they wearing them with? Yeah. Is it going to be all red? Is it going to be red and white? Is it going to be like... I think you got to go all red. You got that much red on your helmet. I want to see all red. If you're going to do it, do they're, it correct. They're different. It is different though because that helmet so shiny mm-hmm. and their jerseys just yeah like i i have a if they go all red which i have a feeling they are i don't know how it's gonna look because we've only seen the helmet to this point yeah. while the helmet is fire mm-hmm. i think it would look dope with like a blue jersey or and blue. a white pant yeah that'd be fire too no doubt about that but interesting so you got Bengals, cowboys jets Texans, Texans, Carolina. Those black Carolinas are sick. They're pretty, fu- yeah. Because that helmet's matte mm-hmm. and it's got this really good look to yeah, it. Yeah, it's 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 nice. I want to throw in. I love, 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 love the Falcons alternates. They're the red helmet. Uh, I've seen, that left a lot to be desired for me. I feel like I've seen that a lot with. I mean, their, it's a throwback. I it know, is. but I feel like they had like they've worn red helmets. Well, they can't though. Like just like the Cowboys, they haven't worn it since at least 2012 because you could only have the one singular helmet. Yeah, it. I don't know. It just left a lot to be desired for me. It looked very like something they already have. Like the like, last didn't time the Cowboys it. wore this alternate. Mm-hmm. RG three beat Tony Romo. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then the Saints a left a man. lot to be desired too. See, I like the Saints. One. It's cool. It's you know. It's different, it's, and I appreciate it. It has you know the dots all going down the front, but. I also I have a love affair with the Patriots alternates. The Patriots alternate they look like the freaking Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh no no no! This is this is one of my favorite alternates. Is when they wear that red jersey. They with look the like the Bills helmet with the Patriot pad on it. That's like one the of the helmets. My fire, ones. but the jerseys look like they look like the Bills. I mean, it's theirs though. It's not the Bills. And well, but who's been wearing it more often lately? The Bills. <laughs> who's been wearing it more often overall? Well, the Bills. <laughs> no. You just said they haven't worn this jersey since 2012. Well, since 2012, I've seen the Bills roll out in basically that jersey plenty of times. But they wear mainly, mainly their main jersey the white. is the blue or the white. Yeah, but so, I've seen them in that red. And it, that red, white, and blue, like it just, they, it just looked like the Bills to me. I get it. I think that I'm with you. I think the Jets all blacks are fire. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. kind of. I know they're not going to because they're going to wear it at home. But I'd really like to see the Giants wear their throwbacks against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. That'd be sick. Like that would just be a cool visual aesthetic. Yeah. Because I love, 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 love that helmet with Giants on the side. Yeah. 
It's nice. I like it a lot more than I like the NY. The NY, yeah, definitely. Because it reminds me of those 90s Parcells teams. Mm-hmm. And it's a clean look. I, re- I really like it. I think it's great. I also love the 49ers going back to their roots. The 49ers in those yeah. classic the crimson Joe gold. Montanas, like Jerry Rice, mm-hmm. like those jerseys are They got to wear the gold sick. pants, though. Yes, absolutely. You have to wear the gold pants. Absolutely, you have to wear the gold pants. And I'm with you on Carolina. Carolina is insane. Yeah. Like, I like the matte finish on that helmet. Mm-hmm. Like, all of it. Now, I am intrigued by this because they, they released it so early that you kind of forget about it. But that all-black commander's look with the black matte. Yeah. I, I know, don't know. I, I know it's because it's the commander's. It's, it's all new. But I like that all-black look. Yeah, it's it's solid. The helm the the retro helmet is just it's a tad boring. It just has like what their numbers on the side of the helmet, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, it was the yeah. numbers on the side of the helmet. It's not terrible. It's just again like left something to be desired. Like I feel like Cincy, the Jets, Carolina, like the Eagles. They completely switched up their helmets. Mm-hmm. Like it's a brand new helmet. What do you think of the Eagles' black helmet? They're pretty sick. You like the it? wings coming off the front? I think that's pretty fire. Can't wait to beat them while they're wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan of the Packers' throwbacks. Nah, I'm the just Packers not. just have. They just have ugly colors in general. They have the yellow and brown in them, right? No, it's the uh, it's the green and yellow. It's the, it's the same color scheme, but it is like just a yellow helmet. Oh, the yellow There's helmet no, is terrible. Yeah, and it's a a green jersey with yellow numbers. It looks and like they're wearing stripes. practice jerseys. There's something about it. It doesn't. Look- it looks like. Aaron Rodgers right there is in, like, a practice helmet. Like, he's wearing the yellow one, so don't tackle him. <laughs> but, yeah, like, when it comes to the to the Patriots, like, I, I dig See, that, that Patriot pass. that straight up like the Bills to me, man. Like, I'm a big fan of that. I love the Niners throwback. Niners are fire. There's no doubt about that. Man, that Carolina helmet is sick. It's but- the matte finish on the helmet that mm-hmm. I love. Yeah. There are just so many different, like the all-black oh, Jets. Those Jets ones are sick. I mean, with that that's dark gotta be visor. No, that's got to be number two for me. That dark visor is, sets it off. Yeah, that those is legitimately are, right behind the bank. Those are nice, too. And I didn't realize those were matte finished as well. Those are those are very nice. Yep, Carolina yeah, looks Carolina good. Carolina all-black. There's something about an all-black look. Like, I love... When the Saints wear their oh, all black, I didn't realize that those were all Florida leaves. Yeah, they're all Florida. All right. I like that a lot more. I thought they were just like gold dots. No, nah, down the middle is yeah. all a bunch of mini Florida That's leaves. That's pretty cool. All right. I, I'll, I'll take back what I said. I do like those. And if they do wear it with the all black, I'm in. Yeah. Because the all black Saints is one of my favorite looks in the first place. I don't know how I feel about the all-black Eagles helmet. I'm into the Eagles but helmet. But their throwback, I am all about. Like, the Cunningham throwback Eagles, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite uniforms. 
Uh, I'm a big fan of Falcons that is, for the Falcons. Is, it's solid. That looks like the Bills. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I don't know why you hate this look so much. I don't much. hate it. It just looks like the Bills. I, you hate it so much. <laughs> it just looks like the Bills. Oh, and that, that is the sickest That's the one. cream of the crop right there. The Cincinnati Bengals all white. Like, the black and white is just going to be so perfect. Can't wait to see how icy Joe Burrow looks in that. And, of course, the throwbacks for the Seahawks. That looks like the freaking Cowboys. Those are hideous. What, the creamsicles? Those are the so ugly. The creamsicles are probably my favorite uniform in all of sports. <laughs> so ugly, dude. I don't know why you hate the creamsicles so much. <laughs> They're ugly. <laughs> Did No, the just... worst jersey in all the sports is those. Is the... The uh, Steelers throwback with oh, the God, yellow the and bumblebee one. Those are the worst jerseys. It is not. It is not. <laughs> I, are I, so bad, I will man. tell you it's close, but it's not. If you remember back in the day, Brandon Marshall was still playing, and the Broncos wore these hideous throwbacks that were like brown. I'm going to pull up a picture for you because I think people that have seen them oh know exactly what I'm talking about. the yellow about. and brown. Oh, yeah, that's that's terrible. Yeah, oh it was this one. Yeah, that's the exact picture I'm looking at. <laughs> With the stripes up the side. That's so bad. It looks like they got dressed in the dark. <laughs> that has got to be the worst throwback that's in really all bad. of football. That's really bad. That is the worst throwback. That is the worst alternate. That is the worst color scheme in all of professional football. But while we're talking about jerseys, there's one thing that has always annoyed me to no end. I don't know, dude. This Bumblebee it's, Steelers are so bad. It's the Dallas Cowboys home jerseys. Why do those annoy you? They're, I mean... It annoys me because it's not their color scheme. Like, I love their blues. I always hated the blue jersey jinx because I think that's one of their most fire, which is also why I love their Thanksgiving Day mm-hmm. outfit because it's awesome. Oh, you're talking about the white with the royal? Yeah, like that's yeah, not even your blue. It's yeah, not even in the helmet. That's fair, yeah. Like It just doesn't match. No, I, I understand and that. And it, it's always bothered me. Yeah. Like, nah, I, get I get it that, that it's supposed to be iconic and everything, but it doesn't match. No, I, I, I feel you with that one. That's always that's always kind of bothered me, too. I, like, I love their blues. Like, when they wear their blues, the navy blues. I'm in. Yeah. But it's, I don't know why they don't do white and navy. White and navy would look sick, right? It would. I think if they, even as an alternate, just like maybe as a beta test, do it as an alternate jersey one year, just all white with the navy blue number and navy blue stripes. Mm-hmm. I think that would be sick. So the jerseys we're bringing back are the white shoulders, right? All blue, white shoulders, white helmet, blue nice. star. Thank God. That's the Zeke jersey I have is the throwback. Oh, so nice. now I can wear it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I was still wearing it. It'll be it. your last year to wear it because I think Zeke's gone. <laughs> I've been, I still have been wearing it, but now I can wear it while they wear it, and that's pretty cool. Speaking of Zeke being gone, I actually want to talk a little bit about Zeke when we come back because this is a big year for him. Oh, yeah. This is a huge year this for him. This is the most important year of his career for sure. And with that, 
We'll be right back here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and AM 12.50. This is Max Kellerman. You're listening to San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 12.50. Welcome back into San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM, AM 12.50. I'm James Pledger. He's Jack Thompson. You're locked into the Saturday Morning Hangover. And a little Catronata for you this morning, who, by the way, playing at Float Fest this weekend. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to go to it. I kind of want to get out to Float Fest out in Gonzales. That'd be fun. I got my... Uh, Marshmallow, I, Catronata, Cage the Elephant. I got... Uh, today's our alumni tournament at Central. Oh, that's right! Mm-hmm. Drink so, a few brews, shoot oh, some hoops. Yeah, I'm excited. Defend that title? Yep. <laughs> yep. Keep proving why y'all the best. Yeah, I'm excited. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> hey, I haven't played like. When's your last? When was your last run? Like competitive run? Yeah. It's been a minute. Has it? I mean, I've played like here and there at Lifetime and stuff, but nothing to really nothing. Like, yeah, juice you. Mm-mm. So I'm I'm very excited for this. All right. We were talking about Zeke as we went to break, as the Dallas Cowboys and Zeke Elliott are. Finally heading into their final year together. Uh-huh. And you said going into the break, this is the most important year of his career. Uh-huh. Because next year, the Cowboys, for the first time, can get out from under that contract without being upside down on it. They can uh-huh. actually save money yeah. by releasing him. Uh-huh. As a man who has consistently underproduced yeah. s- since his rookie year. yeah, Each year has gotten worse. Slowly, surely, and then a cliff came after, I believe, year three. Yeah. And it's just been... The past, like, four seasons have been... Three, four seasons have been rough. Tough to watch. Yeah. (laughs) Right? For sure, yeah. So, explain what you think keeps Zeke in a Cowboy uniform, or does anything keep him in a Cowboy uniform next year, outside of... Him agreeing to a restructure, obviously. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that does. But if we're going off numbers, I mean, I need this is like flat out numbers. We resign you, uh, twelve hundred yards, double digit touchdowns. That's it. Not twelve hundred. Okay. Fifteen hundred yards. That feels low, but double that... digit. But I mean, when was the last time we saw that from Zeke? Though. Sure, sure. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> but I think either way, no matter what he does, it has to be a restructure. I'm not giving you more. Because in in 23, his cap hit is $16 million. Yeah, I'm not paying you more than that. So it has to, like, I'm saying you got to come down to, like, 10. And that's with a good, with a good season. If... You desire I mean, to stay a cowboy. His base salary is basically eleven million, ten point nine. Mm, okay, that's his base. That mm-hmm. doesn't include his signing bonus, which yeah. is one point five. His option, which is two point six. His restructure, which is one point seven, bringing you to the cap hit of sixteen point seven two million dollars. Mm-hmm. The dead cap of eleven point eight allows you to save about four million on him. If you were to release him. Mm-hmm. You got to have a great year if he wants to stay a Cowboy. No doubt about that. But yeah, 12 to 1,500 yards, 10 to 15 touchdowns, 
because it, it it's eleven next year, it's ten the year after that, and then it jumps, and this is his base salary, mm-hmm. not his yeah. dead cap or his cap hit. It jumps to fifteen point four and twenty five, and sixteen six and twenty six. So you look at him and his ability with the Cowboys and what he's done since his rookie year when he ran for over 108 yards a game. Mm-hmm. 108 yards a game, 1,600 yards. Mm-hmm. The following year, 98 yards a game, only 983 yards. The following year after that, 1,400 yards. Yeah. 95 yards a game, though. The following year, 84 yards a game, 1,300 yards, 52 yards, uh, excuse me, 65 yards a game, 900 yards. This past season, 58 yards a game, over 1,000 yards because of the extra game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so I'm, he's got it is a... a steady decline in yards per game mm-hmm. and rushing yards each and every year. He's got to jump back up to between 80 and 100 a game. And yeah, I, I with the new with the extra game, I'm gonna need yeah, like I'm gonna bump that up probably like fifteen hundred, right? Yeah, fifteen hundred yards, and I need at least twelve touchdowns. And you look at his touchdowns: fifteen, seven, six, twelve, six, ten. Yeah, so I'm gonna everything's got to be bumped up substantially if you want to stay a cowboy for sure. I look at Zeke and I like him. It's a good dude. It, apparently, the team loves him. Yeah. Mike McCarthy loves him. Dak Prescott loves him. He's also a fantastic blocker. Yes. But I'm not paying you $16 million no. to block. No. <laughs> I don't even pay Tyron Smith $16 million to block. And that's his primary job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he does. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think a, a 1,500, 1,600-yard season... And twelve to fourteen touchdowns is absolutely needed if you're going to stay. Yeah. Without having to restructure, yeah. you still be may ask to be restructured. Yeah. But something something's going to have to give, or you're going to find yourself looking for a job, mm-hmm. and you're looking for a job in a year where you have declined steadily every year since your rookie year. Yeah. And you're... you are in the year 27 your age 27 you'll be 28 after the season yep so you gotta have a monster year zeke for sure it's it's for our benefit and yours and that's what i mean as for the cowboys it's huge for the cowboys too because of what we talked about Mm -hmm. there's a lot of questions on the offense for a number one unit you now have a new number one receiver Mm -hmm. you have Michael Gallup as a question mark on when he will return and what percentage he'll be and when he'll get back to 100% during the season Mm because I'm sure he won't be at 100% when he returns. Yeah. James Washington's a new piece. James Tolbert's a new piece. Like, you got new pieces along the offensive line. How does the rookie fit in? There are a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And they invested in the offensive line early. So, Zeke, you need to capitalize on the fact that they are investing and not only protecting Dak, but helping you out, helping you. Yeah. And if not, because Tony Pollard's a, a free agent after the season too, mm-hmm. and I don't want to see Zeke struggle to thirty and forty yards a game this 
upcoming season and find out after the fact that he's got a PCL injury Yeah, that he was trying to gut through. Mm-hmm. If that's the case and he is obviously struggling, I want to see more Pollard. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to see Tony Pollard used in a very hybrid type role. Receiver, um, yeah. slot. Mm-hmm. Almost a Christian McCaffrey issue. Yeah, role. exactly, yeah. It's going to be very interesting. I'm very excited. I can't wait for training camp to start. We are a week away. Next week, training camps across the NFL begin. He is Jack Thompson. Follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. He is also a prominent favorite on Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia of Ken's Five. I am James Pledger. This has been the Saturday Morning Hangover. Thanks for spending your Saturday with us. We'll catch you next week.